Word this morning? Excellent, excellent. Just get myself sorted and we'll be pretty good. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word this morning. I thank you that you would empower my words and that you'd take them so much deeper and further and wider and higher than I could ever do. I, I Father, pray that as I speak that you would be honored and glorified. I pray that transformation comes in our lives. I pray that as we hear you speak to us through the word, it may not be exactly what I say, but people hear things that, that help them to transition well. It helps them to, to, to go on this journey called life in a way that honors you and glorifies you. And I pray, Father, for the extension of your kingdom. I pray that souls get saved. I pray that people are healed, that they're transformed, they're restored, they're, let, they're set free during the preaching of your word. Father, I thank you that what happens in the Bible can happen in our time. That the things that you talk about uh, as, as people were preaching, that, that people just, uh, just transformed in that moment. I pray that that's what happens as I speak this morning because you're the same Holy Spirit that operates today as you did then. So I thank you that you can do that in, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There are some sermon notes for this morning's message. If you didn't get any sermon notes, if you'd like to put your hand up now, I can rest assured that we can get our wonderful hosts to get some sermon notes into your hands this morning. Put your hand up nice and tall so that we can see them. That would be great. There's one down the front, uh, over this side and in the back and whatever. That would be great. Thank you. This morning... um, I want to talk about the challenge of change. Now, I'm going to let the sound guys work out that ring uh, as we talk. Uh, Did you notice the subtle hint that I gave the sound person right then? That was great. Um, Just want to talk about the the, the challenge of change. Um, I really felt on my heart this morning to help us maybe uh, to understand some of the challenges that can happen during change, but also the fact that uh, we can do some things that are going to help us during the, tr- uh, the challenge of change. The news is out. We are joining Hope Church. That is what's happening. We're excited about this, I've got to tell you. Uh, we will become the Hills Hope, uh, the Hills location for Hope Church, which is one church in three locations. There's still much to do. There's a lot to organize uh, to strategize and get ready to implement as we go through this. And it's expected that the, the change from Infused Church to Hope Church will take place probably late August, August into early, because I was thinking of early, like so, late August to early. No. <laughs> it's a good start. Here we go. Here we go. Get ready to hear some new words. You might like to write this down and, and paraphrase it, and, and just you can make a if you copyright this stuff, it'd be great. So it'll it'll take place late August into September at some point there. So just keep your uh, eyes out for that. We'll we'll certainly keep everyone involved. Jane and I have felt nothing but support and love throughout this entire journey, and we really do appreciate you uh, for that. So so joining Hope Church does mean change. It does mean change. Uh, A person by the name of Klaus Schwab said this, change can be frightening and the temptation is often to resist it. But change always, almost always provides opportunities to learn new things, to rethink tired processes and to improve the way that we work. I think that's a really good saying. Stephen Hawking 
Many of you may know he's a, like a brain person just out there with intelligence stuff. He says this, intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. Intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. Jane had something come up on a Facebook memory, and you've got that in your notes this morning. It says, you can't spell change without, sorry, you can't spell challenge without change. If you're going to rise to the challenge, then you've got to be prepared to change. When I first wanted to get fit and lose weight, I needed to change things to achieve my goals. Uh, At one point, uh, not so long ago, I was around about 115 to 117 kilos heavy. Currently, I'm sitting around about 94, 93 kilos. Um, And I I had to make some changes in my life. My my specialist said when I was having my shoulders looked at, uh, because I had severe bursitis in both shoulders, I had a severe carpal tunnel in both hands, I sat down from my specialist and he said, your body is trying to tell you something, that it's hit the wall. And unless you make some changes, you are not going to be around to enjoy your grandchildren. You have to make some changes. That sort of got my attention because I really wanted to hang around because my grandkids, all of them are great fun and uh, just love being around them. I love doing what I do. So I needed to know, I, I I knew that I needed to make some changes And there's some things that I I think that in in the process of me going on this journey of change in wanting to get fit, to get healthy, to lose weight, that I think might help us today. Some things here that I knew. I I knew that frustration would be a companion as I started to get fit, as I went on a run. The weather would frustrate me, okay? It's never perfect weather to go for a run. It's either too hot or too cold. Sometimes it's too wet or it's too windy. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's too humid or it's too dry. Sometimes I'd get frustrated by missing a new PB, a new personal best, by seconds. I mean, that ticks you off. You just to know that over five kilometers, if you just went two seconds per kilometer faster, you would have made a new personal best. That ticks me off. Sorry, the spit's flying already. Umbrellas for the front row. So I got frustrated sometimes when I couldn't go for a run. So I know that frustration sometimes is a part of the change process. I also know that pain is a part of this deal in getting fit as well. For me, sore muscles, blisters, financial pain because I needed to get new clothes because I lost weight. And I also wore out some sand shoes. I knew that pain was a part of that journey. Someone once said this, pain is not our enemy. It just lets us know that we've got one. Summer Sanders, she's an Olympic uh, swimmer. She said this, to be a champion, I think you have to see the big picture. It's not about winning or losing. It's about everyday hard work and about thriving on a challenge. It's about embracing the pain that you'll experience at the end of a race and not being afraid. She says, I think people think too hard and get afraid of a certain challenge. Sometimes pain can evoke in us a resistance to change or to want to take the steps towards making change. In joining Hope Church, 
there's things that won't change for us as a church. Jane and I aren't leaving. You're stuck with us. <laughs> Department heads are going to be staying in place. Here's a really good thing that's not going to change at this church, okay? God's still going to be here. I'm not sure if you knew that. Just because we're joining Hope Church doesn't mean the Holy Spirit suddenly leaves. Okay? He sticks around. He's, he's, he's interested in the transition and the change that he wants to bring to our community, to us as a people. See, his word will still be preached. He's still going to lead us and empower us. We're still going to reach out to our community because we want to take the message of Jesus to our community. In joining Hope Church, there's things that will change. There's some things we don't know yet. You know, like uh, there's, we're going to find out new ways of doing things. There's, uh, we're going to follow new leaders. We're going to make adjustments that better align ourselves with our purpose. And this may be challenging and it may be painful. It may be frustrating for some of you this morning. But can I encourage us all to embrace the pain and the change and the challenge in the change? As I was getting fit, I knew that I'd learn new things. I learned about the limitations of my body. Currently, this week, I've not gone on a run. I found out the limitations of my body. I, I, I uh, think I've strained or twinged a, a calf muscle, so haven't been able to run this week. Has that frustrated me? Yes, it has. Has it been painful? Yes, it actually has. Sorry, I have gone walking with Jane. It's been really good, slowed down. I've learned new things. I've learned about the way that I run. I've learned about new technology as I've tracked my progress in achieving my goals. I've learned about who I'm competing against in the park run every Saturday morning. More importantly, I've learned who's competing against me. Yeah, yeah. He's sitting right over there. Here's another thing I've learned about challenge of change and wanting to get fit and get healthier I've, I've learned that I've made new friends so many people that I've met as, a, as I've participated in the park run each Saturday morning people who live different from me who believe different from me who look different from me who sound different from me and who run different from me seriously there's some guys out there that just run weird I'm probably one of them. There's, there's people who are now a part of my life and I look for them, I talk with them, I engage them in conversation, I ask them about how things are going in their life, I support them, I care about them uh, and they about me. They're interested in what's happening in my world as well. Only this week I learned that one of the guys that is a part of the park run, his wife has been going through a health challenge. And we can support him. As a result of doing that, knowing that he's, you know, there's uncertainty about what's going on with his wife. You know, thankfully, she's on the way to recovery. But you know what? It's a part of making new friends in, in Park Run. That's one of the things that I've learned as a part of it. I've also learned that there's the thrill of rewards. That's a part of the change process that I wanted to get fit. I wanted to go from a certain uh, weight down to a certain weight, you know, and to change some dress sizes. Just kidding, just kidding. Some of you think, really? Here's some things I learned about the thrill of rewards. The more I run, the fitter I get. I used to suffer with sleep apnea. I don't anymore. I used to have high blood pressure. 
I don't anymore. I've sustained a greater ability to withstand pressure and stress because I'm fitter and stronger than I was before. I've set new records in weight loss and also in distance and times that I've achieved. I've made new friends with other runners as I've gone on this fitness and and this health kick. I've been doing this now for probably three or four years, two or three, four years. And it's been an incredibly great journey. But knowing that there was frustration, pain, learning, new people and rewards helped me to understand why I was doing this. That despite all of the frustration and pain, despite all of the learning and the new relationships and the rewards, I still wanted to make the changes. I was willing to address the challenge of change. And sometimes we've just got to look at the change we want to make and say, you know what, I'm up for this. I know there's going to be pain. I know there's going to be frustration along the way. People are going to misunderstand why I'm doing this. They're not going to understand why I'm making these changes or the fact that I can't meet them at a certain point on a Saturday morning because I've made a commitment to being a part of Parkrun and developing relationships there. See, for me, the advantages outweighed the disadvantages. The rewards outweighed the risks. The trophy outshined the trouble, and the win was worth the wet weather. It's as easy as that. See, this is what I I, I love about the Bible. People say that the Bible has lost its relevance to us today. I think that's absolute junk. I think that the Bible today is more relevant than ever before. If you want to know about relationships or leadership principles or how to have hope or what it's involved in in building a relationship with someone or or to to know what forgiveness is, then all you need to do is to go to the, the Word of God, the Bible, and it's all there. If you want to build a successful business, it's all here in the Bible. I said that to, to the guys at the, uh, the Mount Barker Business Group when I was given an opportunity to stand before them. I said, if you're looking to build your business, there's, my boss would love to have a chat with you about how he can make you more effective to lower your expenses and to increase your profits. My boss would love to have a talk to you about that. The room was filled with 40 to 50 business leaders from Mount Barker. And they're having a quiet little chuckle. <laughs> no, mate, I'm serious. You want your, your business to go through the roof and to be more effective, to, to, to impact more people and to, to have greater profits in what you're doing? You need to talk to my boss because he's got some great strategies for you. Another sermon. So, in joining Hope Church, there's some principles that we can take from the Word of God to navigate the challenge of change and to do it well. For this morning's message, I'm going to be digging a little bit into Acts chapter 10 and a part of chapter 11. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole passage for you because it's quite a lengthy passage. And what I would do is to, to encourage you to have a read of this during the week. Have a read of it during the week so that you can understand what it says for you, so that you can dig a little bit deep. What I am going to do is to highlight some things for you from this passage this morning. So in Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 8, we see the the story of Cornelius, and he has this angelic visitation from an angel. Uh, And then as a result of this angelic visitation, uh, Cornelius is encouraged to send some people to go and find out Simon Peter, who's living at the certain house uh, of Simon the Tanner, I think it was, on the the shore of uh, the Sea of Galilee. So Cornelius gets these three guys and he sends them off. 
Then in verses 9 to 16, we find that Peter, at the same time that these guys are on the way from Cornelius' house, they're on the way. Peter is a bit hungry and it's lunchtime, so he goes up onto the roof uh, you know, while lunch is being prepared and he suddenly falls into this trance. I'm not sure if that's what it looked like, but you know. So he falls into this trance and, and suddenly the, uh, a voice from heaven starts to talk to him and he, and he sees the sky opened up and, and what looks like a sheet comes down and, and being held by the four corners and on this sheet there's all this sort of you know, these animals, there's these reptiles, there's these birds that are, are a part of uh, what's inside this, this sheet and the voice from heaven says, get up Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, I've never eaten anything that has been forbidden by our Jewish laws that you know has been declared unclean or or you know it's, it's not, hell, not not right for me to eat. And then the voice says to him, "Don't call unclean what I have cleaned." Peter. So we see that that's what's written in there, you know, and 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 this this whole thing is it's, it's a confrontation of old ways and old mindsets with new ways and new mindsets. See, my understanding is that that. For God so loved the world that he needed to bring, bring change to reach the world. You know, God is reaching out to the, the, uh, the Gentiles. This has nothing to do with food, this passage. It's not talking about food. It's talking about an illustration that helped Peter understand what God was trying to do in this. It's nothing to do with food at all. But it's about God trying to reach the Gentiles, the world, in this. God reaching out to the world. Peter had to see this vision three times. God showed him the same vision three times in the space of whatever time he was up on the roof there. This wasn't because Peter was, was not wise enough or he was just not, not savvy. He wasn't intelligent enough. This was because this was such a dramatic change from the, th- the way that things had been and such a shift in culture That God needed to say to Peter three times, you know what? Don't call those things that I've made clean, unclean. It's a a challenge to Peter to start to get on board with the new thing that God was doing in that moment. It was counter-cultural to everything that Peter had gone through. He had learned as a young man the things that he could eat and the things that he couldn't eat according to the Jewish traditional law. So then God shows him this vision and says, I want to change that. So he uses the example of food to Peter. It challenged Peter to the core. So then we read further on in Acts chapter 17, verses uh, 7, chapter 10, verses 17 to 20. The vision ends and the men arrive from Cornelius' home. And the Holy Spirit says to Peter, it's okay, dude, you can go with these guys. It's cool. All right. So then in verses 21 to 24, as Peter is on the way, Cornelius invites people to his home so that they can hear Peter when Peter arrives. Cornelius invites his his family and his close friends. So his house has got a whole lot of people there ready to hear Peter when he arrives. So then in verses 25 to 43, Peter 
talked with Cornelius and then enters his home, sharing the good news with everybody who's present. Verses 44 to 48, the Holy Spirit confirms the message by falling upon everyone who's present there in that meeting right then. And then in verses, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 to 2, the news of this, uh, what's happened here in Cornelius' home, reaches far and wide, all the way to Jerusalem. So when Peter gets back to Jerusalem, he's criticized and complained about and openly opposed because people are seriously ticked by him by what he did. By entering the home of a Gentile person and sharing food with this Gentile person. Completely forbidden by the law okay, for him to do that. So people are really ticked at him for doing this. They've not understood that. So then in verses 3 to 18... Peter walks those folks through the journey of what God had said, what had happened in Cornelius' house, including everyone being baptized by the Holy Spirit. And then this is the result of that. In, in, in Acts chapter 11, verse 18, it says this. Hearing it all laid out like that, they quieted down. And then as it sank in, they started praising God. It's really happened. God's broken through to other nations, opened them up to life. It's like this moment comes, you know, where Peter's shared this whole story, taken them in this journey, what God's done in an amazing way, how he's broken through tradition and religion, and he suddenly come to, to this place where you know, these people start to understand that, and they hear this story for themselves, don't they? and they go, oh, okay then. Like it's just no big deal anymore. And sometimes we've got to come to a point where we hear the story of what God's doing, and we simply say, oh, okay then. How much easier would life be if we sometimes transition change in that way? Just, you know, recognizing that God's in it and, and he's okay with things and he sets stuff up and he's still leading stuff and, and he's doing all this. And you go, okay then. That's cool by me. Like he's it's still going to change whether you agree with it or not. So I believe that there's six things that can help us to navigate the challenge of change. And I'm going to give them to you this morning. Number one. Be followers of God. When, when, to navigate the challenge of change, just follow God. Just follow God. Okay? It's, the account of Cornelius and Peter, it's clear that it's a God thing. God is doing something new. He, he got the attention of Cornelius and Peter through divine means. I, I find it strange even that Cornelius when he sees this angelic visitation and tells him to go to, to send some people to, to find Simon Peter and stuff, he's still standing there. But when Peter shows up in his house, Peter, okay, just an ordinary, Cornelius falls to his, his, his feet, like falls to the ground in, in abject worship before him. Why didn't he do that with the angelic being? What was so special about Peter? Another sermon. It's just a thought I had, you know, like it's, it's just different how the approach was for that. but Okay, so whole, <clears throat> Peter heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to him and to tell him it was okay to go with the three men who'd just come to the house where he was staying at. Peter followed God. He, he followed God right into the home of a Gentile, right into the home of a Roman officer, bringing the message of salvation to that household and the Holy Spirit is poured out over everybody who's there. You know, I believe that us joining with Hope Church is a God thing. 
We are following God in what we are doing. We're positioning ourselves for the change. We're we're processing things through the transition of change, the challenge of change. And one of the first things that we are always going to do in the transition, this challenge of change, is we're going to follow God. We've got to follow God. God got our attention. He gave us his word. He's in this. In other, you know, what other areas of our lives could, could, is God trying to get your attention on to change some things, to bring some adjustment, to bring some realignment, just a, a slight course adjustment? You know, like when you're driving down the freeway and you start to, to just veer off course out of your lane a little bit. You don't go wrench like this and you bring the car back. It's just a subtle adjustment. As you're driving down the road, it's, it's, it's a series of, you probably don't even realize that you're doing it as you're staying in your lane. Some of you need to pay a little bit more attention when you're doing that, but <clears throat> not a story, you know what I mean? So it's just a subtle ad- 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 adjustment as you, that's all this is. It's, it's just a simple change that we can make. Are there areas that the Holy Spirit is trying to, to, to get our attention on in change? Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. Is there an area that God is doing something new in your life? Yet you've not seen it yet. You're not aware of it. Can I tell you that God wants to walk with us through the challenge of change? We are... Change is inevitable. I'm not sure if you're aware of that this morning, but if you were to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says this. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil we are all becoming like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transformed. In other words, changed. We're being changed. You're in the, in the process of change this morning. I didn't, did you know that? You're... Some of us are saying, praise God, I'm in the process of change. We are being transformed into his very image as we move from one level of glory to another. It's it's all in the glory. It's all in the glory. We're already in the glory of God. We're, We're going to another level in the glory. And this glorious transformation, this glorious change comes from the No Idea magazine. The Woman's Weekly, Men's Better Health. No, it comes from God. It comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In the challenge of change, the best thing that we can do is to be a follower of God. It's how we're going to transition. That's how we're going to make it through this challenge of change. Secondly, second point, be flexible, unlike me. Be flexible. It's likely that many here are emotionally involved with the changes that are happening. We have given, we've prayed, we've served, we've worshipped, we've loved people here for so many years. We've been through tough times and good times. And this is our spiritual home. And there might be a tendency to resist change. My encouragement to us this morning is this. Be flexible. Be flexible. There's a saying that I I, I want to say. We've always done it this way, I believe, is the enemy of progress and growth. We've always done it this way, I believe, is the enemy of progress 
and growth. If we lived uh, according to the mantra of uh, we've always done it this way, we'd still be living in caves, we wouldn't have fire, and we'd have a long drop dunny. It's true. If we, if we, this is the way we've always done it. Oh, sorry, that flush thing. That's not how we do things here. Praise God we do. We must learn to live with the ambiguity of change and see the value in another person's perspective. Flexibility is often one of the traits seen in those who will survive change versus those who don't. Because they're willing to bend, they're willing to be flexible, they're willing to, to, to come on board, to, to entertain new ideas, to entertain new ways of doing things. We need to be flexible in our expectations, just like Peter was. Peter was flexible enough to, to step outside of culture and tradition to embrace something new. He was flexible. But why? Because he was following God. God was leading this. His trust was in God. Therefore, he knew that God's got him covered. There's always something to, we can learn as we experience change anywhere. There's always going to be change. And we can learn to be a leader and, a, and prime ourselves for change. I praise God for Abraham. If Abraham had been rigid, Isaac would have been sacrificed. But because Abraham was flexible, he was open to a change of plan, he actually heard the voice of the Lord and stayed his hand and didn't kill Isaac. Jonah, on the other hand, was rigid, okay, refusing to do what God had asked and as a result got swallowed by a whale. He became such a bellyache to the whale that it couldn't stomach him anymore and chucked him up. I don't know about you, which would you prefer? If you prefer being rigid, don't go near the ocean. I would stay away from the beach for a while. You know God doesn't... That's all right. I won't over-explain it and overthink it. There we go. In embracing change, we have to ask ourselves if we are being flexible or being a bellyache. Let's be people who are flexible. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them you need to be flexible. And you need to turn to the other person on the other side and say you need to be stopped being a bellyache. In love, in love, in love. Okay, in love. Yeah, now I tell you, yeah, whoops, a bit late. Third thing, third thing. Third thing we can do to help us to navigate this challenge of change is to be aware, to be aware. See, Peter was traveling uncharted waters. Nothing like this had ever happened before. Acts chapter 10 verse 17 tells us that as Peter received these visions, he was perplexed. He was puzzled. He, he was at a loss to explain the meaning of the visions that he had received. And that's what change can do sometimes. Leave us wondering what it's all about, what it means for us, for, for others, for our way of life, for how the way we've always done things in the past. 
And as we move towards joining together within uh, Hope Church, there, there's things that we don't know yet. For, for us there, uh, as a church, we've, we've never done this before. This for us is uncharted territory. For, for Josh and Sharon in, in Hope Church, this is like for them as well, this is uncharted territory. And we're working our way through. So we need to be aware and we need to give time and space for people to navigate this at their own pace. We have to do what Peter did. We need to be aware of the voice of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. It's okay to go with them. Whenever we're faced with with the, the challenge of change, one of the best things that we can do is to be aware of what the, vo- the voice of the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Not our feelings, not be led by our senses, but to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because the next best thing that we can do is, number four, be gracious. Be gracious. Be aware that people process change differently, but be, br- be gracious as we are processing change for ourselves. Colossians 4 verse 6 says, be gracious in your speech. He says, because the goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not to cut them up. I love that. We've got to be gracious in the way that we're processing this. You know, it's fine for me to stand up here and say in all jest, don't be a bellyache. But I want to say to you, it's okay to take time. It's okay to take time and process this. This is a big change for us as a church. For us as a people. And it's okay to take your time and to process stuff. Uh, you, know, we, you need to have the grace to, to be able to process this and travel this at your pace. See, being gracious is just being nice. Being gracious simply means giving the people room to work through the change in their own way. Being gracious simply means that we give ourselves room to move through this. And to give ourselves some grace to work through misunderstandings and things of that nature. See, change management is not an exact science. It's fluid. It's sort of like trying to grasp water. You know, a lot of it's going to flow through. Some of it will stay on your hand, but you know, that's what change management can be, be like sometimes. Who do we need to be gracious to as we navigate the challenge of change? Who do we need to release grace to as we go along this and the fifth point is this let's be positive let's be positive about this this is a good thing this is a a a good thing that's happening for us as a church and for hope church they're getting a great group of people in the adelaide hills i've got to tell you switched on savvy you know just following the holy ghost just so generous so friendly so warm they're getting a great church congregation location in the Adelaide Hills what a facility what a great influence that we already possess with our community right across it's not just about me it's all of us this is a great church (laughs) Philippians 4 8 says this and now Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, pure, right, lovely and admirable. Think about things there that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, what does he say? Just think positive. God, and I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about the power of God thinking. Big difference. The power of God thinking will elevate us to a new dimension, a new paradigm in, in, in walking this through. One of the best things that we can do when change occurs is to stay calm and be positive. Whilst change can be unsettling, there's often a silver lining. If we have concerns about what's happening, talk to God about it. Come and talk to us. That's how you handle stuff. Why not come to us and talk to us about it? According to change researchers, being able to see the potential benefit from any change can be the difference between thriving and being overwhelmed by the challenge of change. Here's my encouragement to us this morning in being positive. Keep going. Keep believing. Keep breathing. It's like this lady who uh, was sitting at the hairdressers and the, the lady was sitting down having her hair done and she had these headphones on and she was intently listening to what was being on the headphones. And the hairdresser said to her, do you mind if I take off you know, these headphones so that I can do your hair? She's, oh, I'm a bit uncomfortable with that. She's, oh, just be a She took the headphones off and the lady goes, oh, just fainted in there. She, what's going on? What's going on? So she put the headphones back on. The lady comes back at life again like this. And she says, well, what are you listening to? She says, oh, have a quick listen to this. So the hairdresser takes them off, put them on her head. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Boom, boom. Just keep breathing, church. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe... Just practice that for a moment. <sighs> keep praying. Keep believing. As we move through this change, we will grow. One of the best ways that we can lean into the change is to be a champion of the change. To capture the big picture, the benefits of the change uh, that it proposes. And, and talk to us about you could help positively to walk this out. Peter took time to get with the program. He was positive about this. He was, he was wanting to, to talk about this in a, in a very positive way. In Acts chapter 10 verse 28 says, He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. In other words, he's just got on board with the program. He's got on board with the change, knowing that you know, God's with him in this process. Because Peter followed God, because Peter was flexible and he remained positive, he was given the privilege, listen to this, he was given the privilege of, of seeing one of the first Gentiles ever to be born again. Who would we like to see born again? The, the incredible privilege of doing that because Peter remained positive. Cornelius and his household received the good news and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. You may have doubts about us joining with Hope Church. That's okay. Deal with them in a positive way and talk uh, about that with us. It's okay to have questions. If we remain positive in a time of change... What could we see happen as a church in our workplace, in our schools, in our families, in our communities? And the last point is this. Let's be proactive. Let's be proactive. 
We have a choice when we navigate the challenge of change to be proactive or reactive. Proactive choice is generally, just as a generalization, it's based upon values and principles that we have. But a person who's reactive generally makes choices based upon desires, feelings, circumstances, conditions, and their environment. So in thinking about joining Hope Church, how will this change affect us? We need to become proactive in getting behind the changes, knowing that God's at work. He's the one who's orchestrating the change. Peter proactively took others on the journey with him. It says in verse 23 of Acts chapter 10, So Peter invited the men to stay the night. These are the guys that came from Cornelius' home. And then the next day, Peter went with them, accompanied by some of the other brothers that were with him at Joppa. In other words, he got on board. He was proactive in following what God was doing. He was flexible in the way that he was doing it. He's been positive. He's aware of what's going on. But you know what? He wants to take people on the journey with him. Who could we proactively take on the journey with us as we navigate the challenge of change in joining with Hope Church? Who could we get behind or around that may be thoughtfully processing the change? Peter displayed initiative and savvy as he spoke the good news to those in Cornelius' home. He didn't wait for permission and he didn't need to be goaded into doing anything. He stepped up to the plate and he hit a home run. Are we ready to be proactive in the change process? Are we ready to be a champion of change to say, uh, you know, what needs to be done? How do we need to do this? You know, to get behind those changes. Church, we are joining Hope Church. The change is coming. And to help us navigate the challenge of change, we need to know that there might be frustration and pain. There will be new things to learn. There will be new friends that we will make in this time as well to be forged. But the rewards are worth the effort. Today I can stand before you knowing that of of the last three to four, maybe five years of me trying to work on getting healthier and fitter, that the benefits far outweigh any pain that I've gone through to get to this point. It's been worth the effort. So to help us through the changes, let's keep following God. Let's be a people who are flexible. Let's be positive and aware of what's happening in the process and with other people around about us. Let's be gracious to those who you know, we think aren't catching this as quickly as they ought to be catching up with them. Um, who made you the fourth person of the Godhead anyway? We need to be gracious in the way that we do that. And we've got to you know, be positive and, and proactive in this whole thing as we move forward. And in doing that, we actually exponentially increase our likelihood of successfully navigating the challenge of change. Let's stand. This morning I had it on my heart to pray for a couple of things. Maybe there's some people here, you are in a season of change. 
Maybe it's, it's in your personal life. It might be in your family. It might be in your home. It might be in your workplace. Uh, it may be in your sports club. It may be wherever. But you find yourself in this, this moment, this season, this transition of change. Things are changing for you. Maybe there's an unsettling in your heart and you, know, you, you sense something's different. You're not really sure what that is. But I, I think that, you know, as you start to think about it and drill down on that a little bit this morning, that quite possibly you've come to the realization that God's changing something inside of you. And I felt that the Holy Spirit would ask me to, to pray for you this morning for hope in the face of change and for courage in the face of change. Because I believe that God wants to give you hope, but he also wants to give you courage. Just continue to walk through the difficulties, the pain, the frustration. Because you need to know that there are people that you can draw upon around about you. You can make new friends in this change season. Because God wants to bring about the benefits of kingdom in your life and through your life. So this morning, if, if anyone here, you just... In a season of change, and there's some frustrations. I could think of some people here that got, you've got frustrations because I know what, what you're going through. And it's not because I know that you that I felt I needed to pray for this just to get a good response at this time. But it's just because I felt God say to me, you need to pray for hope and courage in the change, in a challenge of change. So this morning, if you are facing something and it's a challenge for you, I'd like you to put your hand up. Because I believe that God wants to impart hope and courage in the midst of this. Just right where you are. Just signal God. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hope and courage in the midst of the challenge of change. Hope and courage in the midst of the challenge of change. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, you see the hands right now by the power of your spirit. Let hope come into people's hearts. Maybe a, a scripture right now comes to your mind. Maybe the, the word of God just comes in a particular area. You, you just search that scripture out. Maybe it's something that you need to do to transition yourself into a position of hope. I don't know what that even looks like. But maybe we need to open the door and say, God, would you give me a picture of hope? Maybe a prophetic picture of hope and then for courage holy spirit would you place into the hands of these believers the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith in the name of jesus i pray that they would have the spirit of a warrior rise up within them in this moment where it just looks like a field of lentils but it's my field and in the name of Jesus, I stand against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And I come against any attack, anything that tried to stop me from moving forward or protecting what's mine. And I pray right now that we would send the enemy packing. My Bible says that though 10,000 fall at my right hand, I know that you are with me and that you guide me and lead me in this. So I thank you right now for the courage of Jesus Christ to come. What courage it took to go from the Garden of Gethsemane to a cross. 
He has the courage. He's been down this road before. Draw upon the courage of Jesus as you face what you face. And I believe that the God the Father would right now take a hold of your hand and lead you. And lead you. What greater courage do you need than the, the Father's hand in yours? You know, I used to say as a kid when I was at, at, at school, in primary school, I was a little tacker. I used to say to people that were picking on me, you pick on me, you ain't seen my dad. You need to see my dad. You want to pick on me, you've got to see my dad. Now, they never met my dad and my dad would never do that, but Sometimes we've got to say things in the spirit where say the enemy's coming against us. And I've got to tell you right now, this father, he will come to your defense. He will stand in front of you and take some shots. But I've got to tell you, he's going to give the enemy and he already has given the enemy a good licking. Heavenly Father, thank you for the image of your hand in ours, of you standing in front of us taking the shots that were meant for us. And we walk in your footsteps, leading uh, as you lead us, as you guide us, as we follow you into all that you have for us. Father, we thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name. Let's go out this morning worshipping and praising and mindful of who he is, not what's going on. Yeah? Amen. Let's sing. We're going to sing, There is a shaking, let hearts awaken. There is a shaking, let hearts awaken. Our God is moving forever changing us there is a trembling there is revival the sound of worship so great and glorious oh.